This is Because I Said So, parenting advice with love and leadership from the nation's leading parenting expert, John Roseman, syndicated columnist, author, conference speaker, and the only psychologist to point out that psychology has caused more problems than it has solved. From American Family Radio, here's your host, John Roseman. Folks, welcome back to the show or welcome to the show, whatever the case may be. The show is called Because I Said So. I'm your host, John Roseman. Uh, outlier family psychologist, uh, author. I've written about 20 books on uh, raising children and family issues. Uh, I write a nationally syndicated newspaper column that appears in about 250 newspapers around the country, including the Northeast Mississippi Journal in Tupelo, Mississippi, the home of American Family Radio, over which we are broadcast exclusively every Saturday at 5 o'clock Central Time. I'm also a very busy public speaker, primarily during the school year. And uh, what that means is that I uh, run around the country speaking primarily in churches and Christian schools. So I've got a lot to uh, tell you about, and uh, I'm going to jump right into it here. In February of 1995, that was two years into his uh, eight-year term as president of the United States, at the urging of his wife, who just happens to be one of the world's most ardent children's rights advocates, President Bill Clinton signed the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. Now, before we go any further, uh, in this context, the word convention does not mean a large gathering of people. It is a treaty in United Nations speak. So we're talking here about an international treaty regarding the rights of the child. Uh, President Clinton actually signed this treaty by proxy, and he was uh, not even, I believe, in the country at the time that it was signed, Thus, it uh, attracted no media attention whatsoever, which was his intent, because he and his wife, Hillary, um, wanted to do all that they could to prevent the average American from ever knowing that this treaty had been signed and was on its way to the Senate for ratification. Um, Before... Clinton even sent it over to the Senate. Uh, Jesse Helms, senator from North Carolina, now deceased, uh, heard about this. And, of course, Helms was very opposed to United States membership in the United Nations, which I am as well. And um, Helms basically told Clinton, you needn't even send it over here. Uh, Helms was the chair chairman of the Foreign Relations Committee. So in order for the treaty to be ratified by the Senate, which is constitutional law, uh, Clinton had to send it to Jesse Helms, who would take it to the Foreign Relations Committee for a vote. If the vote was in favor of the treaty, then it would go to the floor of the Senate and uh, where uh, a two-thirds majority vote is required for a treaty in order for ratification to occur. And Helms just said, look, don't even send it over here. There's no point in it because it will never leave my desk. And the um, the convention 
has been in this treaty has been in a legislative limbo ever since. It is an uh, international treaty, folks, that obligates signatory nations to enforce its articles within their borders. Now, this is very different from most treaties. Uh, Most treaties uh, pertain to events, circumstances, occurrences, conditions, and so on and so forth that lie outside the borders of the United States. But this treaty, if the Senate ever ratifies it, would require the federal government, state governments, and local governments to enforce its provisions, its articles, its paragraphs, within the borders of the United States. And as you will see, the treaty is not really a treaty protecting the rights of the child. It is a treaty that strips parents of the right to raise children the way they themselves see fit. So if we go to the treaty itself, and we go first to what is called the preamble of the treaty. Now, the preamble of a treaty basically sets forth a justification for the existence of the treaty and basically says, here's why this treaty is needed. Here's why you need to sign it. And if you go about uh, six paragraphs down on the first page, it says, considering that the child should be fully prepared to live an individual life in society and brought up in the spirit of the ideals proclaimed in the Charter of the United Nations, and in particular the spirit of peace, dignity, tolerance, freedom, equality, and solidarity. Did you get that? Okay. If you didn't, then let me read it a little bit more slowly, picking out and emphasizing certain key words and phrases. Considering that the child should be fully prepared to live an individual life in society. Okay. And brought up in the spirit of the ideals proclaimed in the Charter of the United Nations. So what we're being told here is that all children should be brought up in the spirit of the ideals proclaimed in the Charter of the United Nations, which is a left-leaning, basically, to call a spade a spade, socialist-leaning organization a one-world government-leaning organization. And then this paragraph goes on to say, and in particular, the spirit of peace, dignity, tolerance, freedom, equality, and solidarity. Now, several of those, some of you may have recognized without my even saying to, uh, saying, are definitely uh, socialist, liberal, leftist buzzwords. In particular, the words dignity, tolerance, and equality and solidarity. And so right away, we discover that there is an ideological bias in this convention, and the bias is uh, sharply to the left. It leans sharply to the left. Now, what is a leftist bias when it comes to child rearing? Well, here is the leftist socialist bias. Karl Marx, the author of communist socialism in the world uh, said that in order for communism to thrive, to take hold and thrive in a culture, the loyalty of the child had to, in the culture had to be transferred, had to be transferred from parent to the state. In other words, the child's loyalty to his family had to be eliminated 
wiped out, and instead the child had to be made to be loyal to the state. So right away there is a red flag in this treaty. And as I have already said, uh, this is really a treaty designed to strip from parents the right to raise children the way they see fit. Um, we begin, you know, the articles uh, talking about uh, children need protection from such things as kidnapping and sexual es- exploitation, and they need to be guaranteed, you know, basic necessities, food and shelter and things of that sort. And and basically the first uh, 10 or so articles talk about stuff that, you know, nobody could really argue about. I mean, uh, you know, we could argue about how to pay for this stuff, but we can't argue that children should be protected and, and uh, should not be abused and sexually exploited, and and they should not uh, ideally be hung- go hungry or uh, be homeless and so on and so forth. But then we get to Article 12, where it says, States' parties shall assure to the child who is capable of forming his or her own views— the right to express those views freely in all matters affecting the child. In other words, the child has freedom of speech. Well, the Founding Fathers did not believe that children should enjoy the protections and freedoms set forth in uh, the Bill of Rights. They did not believe that a child who had not, by definition, attained maturity— and was, by definition, a dependent, should enjoy uh, freedom of speech, uh, freedom of religion, etc., etc., etc. These freedoms, thought the Founding Fathers, were reserved to mature individuals. So, right away, we see the, in Article 12, the convention undermining democratic, Republican democratic. Now, I'm not talking about in using the word Republican, I'm using it not in the sense of a political party, but in the sense of a political philosophy, uh, Republican Democratic principles. And Article 12 goes on to say, for this purpose, the child shall in particular be provided the opportunity to be heard in any judicial and administrative proceedings affecting the child, either directly or through a representative or an appropriate body. Well, what that means is it's a lot of mumbo-jumbo. That means if the child doesn't like the way his parents are raising him, he will have the right independently to go and obtain an attorney, and he will have the right to sue his parents. Uh, He will have the right to even sue his parents to emancipate him early, whether they want to or not. Uh, He will have the right to sue his parents for not raising him in a manner that uh, he, his majesty now, the child, the almighty child, wants to be raised. And that's what this is going to do. It is going to flip the parent-child relationship, which is already inverted enough by the actions of so many of today's parents who act submissive to their children, this is going to codify that in law, that parents are submissive to the wishes of the child, and that in the final analysis, if a child wants to be raised a certain way and is not being raised that way, he will have the right to not only express his views freely, but he will have a right, if his views are not heard and catered to by his parents, 
and the other significant adults in his life to go get an attorney and sue his parents for bad parenting in effect. That's what this Article 12 basically says. And we'll be back in a minute or two with Article 13, which is even more outrageous. Stay tuned. Welcome back, folks. The show's called Because I Said So. I'm your host, John Rosemond. If you want to find out more about me, my mission, my ministry, uh, where I'm speaking in upcoming months, and so on and so forth, how you could obtain uh, me as a speaker for your church, school, agency, organization, group, whatever it is, um, you can go to my website, johnrosemond.com. And if you want to communicate with me directly, there is a link on that website that will allow you to send a uh, an email directly to radio at rosemond.com. So I'm talking today about the a document called the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. It is an international treaty, this thing called a convention, not a large gathering of people. It is an international treaty that if it is ever ratified by the United, uh, by the Senate, the United States Senate, uh, will require federal, state, and local governments to enforce its articles within the borders of the United States. In other words, the treaty will become United States law, which you know separates. It from every other international treaty that the United States has ever entered into. This particular treaty will become United States law. It will become the law of the land. And this, folks, is consistent with the United Nations agenda of moving us toward, toward a one-world government. So I talked about Article 13. I'm going to talk about Article, uh, I mean, Article 12. I'm going to talk about Article 13 right now. And I, I can't emphasize enough, this document is demonic. It is evil. Here is the wording of Article 13. I remember this would become the law of the land if and when the Senate ever ratifies it. It's already received parent, uh, presidential parental presidential, that's what, what Obama thinks he is. He's, you know, our parent, our collective parent. Uh, but it's already received presidential signature from Bill Clinton. And by the way, it doesn't matter what what president signed it. Once the president signs it, it simply is awaiting ratification by the Senate. And if it has to wait 25 years, well, then it waits 25 years. It's already waited 20 and 21, as a matter of fact, and uh, the Senate is prepared. The Democrats in the Senate are prepared, and especially Barbara Boxer, who tried to ramrod it through again in the year 2009 uh, unsuccessfully. Um, they are biding their time, and they are waiting until the opportune moment to get this thing ratified and to make it the law of the land. So here's Article 13. The child 
shall have the right to freedom of expression. All right, so that means he can express himself any old way he chooses. This right shall include the freedom to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas of all kinds, regardless of frontiers, either orally in writing or in print in the form of art or through any other media of the child's choice. All right, now, did you listen to that carefully? Because if you didn't, then I need to tell you what it says. It says that parents will no longer have the right to restrict their children's access to inappropriate, meaning sexual material, uh, in print or in the Internet, on television, in film, etc., etc., etc. Listen to it again. The child shall have the right to freedom of expression. This right shall include freedom to seek, receive, and impart information and ideas of all kinds, regardless of frontiers. That means regardless of boundaries either orally in writing or in print, in the form of art or through any other media of the child's choice. In other words, the child shall have unfettered access to the media, unfettered, unrestricted access to the Internet. There would no longer be parental controls of the Internet. They would not be in keeping with Article 13 of the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child and would therefore not be allowed. Now, this is amazing stuff to consider, folks. This this really cuts to the heart of the leftist agenda in America. As I said, Karl Marx said that in order for socialism, communism to thrive in a culture, the child's loyalty had to be transferred from family, from his parents, to the state, and this is exactly what this does. It inserts the state as the mediator, the arbiter of any and all issues in the parent-child relationship that arise in the parent-child relationship. If the child says, I want this, and the parents say, no, you can't have it, the child will then have recourse to the government to obtain what he wants. This is the way communism, socialism establishes itself in a culture. This is very, very dangerous stuff. You catch your child, the article 13 means you catch your child sexting. You can't uh, do anything to stop it. You will not be allowed to take away his phone You will not be allowed to take away his computer if he's 10 years old and you discover that he's, uh, you know, frequenting uh, websites from Amsterdam featuring, uh, you know, sexual activities of all manner. And then we move to Article 15, which says states parties recognize, recognize as though it's already there. The rights of the child to freedom of association and to freedom of peaceful assembly. Well, those are not the same thing. But again, the founding fathers did not believe pertaining to this, this issue of peaceful assembly, which is in the Bill of Rights. I forget which one it is. Six, I believe. Uh, but I may be wrong about that. Um, the founding fathers did not believe that children should enjoy the rights protected by the Bill of Rights to the Constitution of the United States. But here we have 
an international treaty that will override the Constitution of the United States if it's ever ratified by the Senate, saying that, yes, children shall enjoy those rights, freedom of speech, freedom of expression, freedom of access to the media, and now freedom of peaceful assembly. States' parties recognize the rights of the child to freedom of association. Okay, what that means is that if your child makes friends with a 35-year-old bachelor down the street, has never been married, has no children, and uh, you know, seems like a kind of an odd guy, let's just put it that way, okay? Well, we won't go into it any more deeply than that. Your child wants to go over to this 35-year-old guy's house and uh, visit with him on frequent occasion, and you ask, what are you doing down there with a 35-year-old guy? And he refuses to tell you, or he's very evasive about it. And you say, well, I don't want you going down there anymore, child of mine. Child of mine, 10, 12 years old, can tell you, I don't care whether you like it or not. I'm going to continue to go down to so-and-so's house. And by the way, he's invited me to spend the night, and I'm going to. And you will have no say in the matter. Because if you try to restrict him in any way, shape, or form, he will then have recourse, legal recourse, according to the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. He will then be able to go get a lawyer who will take this before a judge and have a judge tell you, sorry, according to the new law of the land, as set forth in the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child, I am hereby overriding your parental edict and allowing your child to go down and associate with a 35-year-old bachelor who wants him to spend the night. Article 16, no child should be subjected to Arbitrary interference with his or her privacy. Okay. You will not be allowed to search your child's cell phone. You will not be allowed to search your child's computer to see what websites he's been visiting. You will not be allowed to go into your child's room and search for inappropriate materials. Article 17. States parties recognize the important function performed by the mass media and shall ensure that the child has access to information and material from a diversity of national and international sources. Well, once again, you know, uh, whether you want that to happen or not, you, the parent, will become moot. Your preferences, your values will no longer dictate how your child is raised. What will dictate how your child is raised is the United Nations Convention on the rights of the child. States' parties shall take all appropriate legislative blah, blah, blah to protect the child from all forms of physical or mental violence. Okay, what that means is, and uh, these laws have already been established in uh, Europe in every single state, uh, what that means is you will not be allowed to spank your child. That's what it means. In recognition of that, uh, Sweden, uh, England, uh, uh, all of these countries, France, Belgium, the Netherlands, et cetera, et cetera, have all instituted anti-spanking law. And my friend Robert Lars Lair did a study 10 years after the law was established in Sweden and found that actually the rate of child abuse had increased dramatically since 
the implementation of an anti-spanking law. Okay, then, very, very quickly, to read the full text of the convention, go to, all you have to do is just Google the United Nations Convention on the Rights of the Child. You, you will find a full text to sign an online petition calling for a much-needed parental rights amendment to the Constitution, which would protect us from the insidious intrusion of this treaty into parental rights. I encourage you, go to parentalrights.org and sign the petition calling for a much-needed parental rights amendment to the Constitution. Uh, We need to do everything we can to fight back, folks. Uh, The powers of evil are amassing. This has been your host, John Roseman, the show, Because I Said So. Thanks for joining us. Remember, every week, Saturday, 5 o'clock Central Time, American Family Radio. God bless.